Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayez Shir, number 290. We're going to talk about junk food relationships. Uh, just like junk food is very popular, uh, because it makes us feel good for a little while, it's quick, convenient, but as we all know, it, it hurts our health and gets us uh, gaining unhealthy weight, and we end up usually regretting it. And just like junk food works that way, junk food relationships work that way too. We all want healthy relationships, but in reality, most of us tend to go for what's easy and what's convenient rather than what's good for us. And um, as a muscle, sometimes even, you know, a person needs to connect to a mentor or a rav. Now, it is true, you if a person has a certain... Uh, um, needs the warmth, and they could gravitate towards a rav that has more warmth, and a, a, a person that's more intellectual, and they connect that way, they want to connect to a rav that's more intellectual, and not, not necessarily uh, as, as warm. So that makes sense, but many people don't even try to choose to have a relationship with a rav or with a mentor, because Part of it is there's a responsibility connected to it, but it's a healthy relationship when used the right way. And the same thing when it applies to um, male-female relationships. And um, you could say it's not so common in yeshivasha circles or, 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 uh, you know, ultra-Orthodox circles and more modern Orthodox circles, but it's just a mahalach, it's ashkaf in the mind that's important to have. Um, that, you know, you, you meet a girl at work, it's easy to flirt with her every day. Um, even though, you know, she may have already, um, a husband or, or, or a boyfriend, it's easy. Or a guy you meet online, you text him, and then you start pushing boundaries to inappropriate messages, even sexual requests. That's junk food relationship. It's similar to porn or other things like that, and then you get obsessive in your head about these things. And it's so easy because it's so convenient. And, um, and when you're, whether it's single or married, a person needs to set up emotional boundaries for themselves as safeguards. Just like when it comes to junk food, and at certain certain points of it, you know, you know, that extra stuff is really not good for you, so you just don't bring it into your house, or you lock it up, or do whatever you can to move yourself away from it. You have to do the same with unhealthy relationships. And the way we do this is we have the ability to make a, a, a decision not to connect in those situations. When you're at work, you have to interact for work. You interact for work. You don't. You choose not to interact, even in a positive way, not positive or negative, in a personal way. When you know that is not healthy, you need to look at your interactions as a gift, as a commodity. It's a limited resources, and you choose when to use it because every relationship you have to invest emotional energy into it. And you need to choose that wisely. And for those that are married, that means you guard your interactions with the opposite gender and you don't connect in unhealthy ways. 
of course, part of this is also protecting your machshavas, protecting your thoughts. You need to connect with healthy thoughts and avoid fantasy versus reality. We live in a culture that's fixated on fantasy. It became the norm in our culture and it seeped into us and it becomes our reality. Right? People claim they fall in love with celebrities or movie stars or porn stars or supermodels that they saw on film. They're falling in love from a distance with people that they don't actually know. It's a fantasy. It's a figment of imagination. And that's what people do not to connect. They keep at a distance, obsess over people from behind uh, the wall, and that's a that's escapism of a very unhealthy kind. And people, men and women today, they fall in love with these type of dreams. And to live in such fantasy, instead of the reality of what actually is, is very harmful. The reality of what actually is, is and can be extremely beautiful. The fact that it's sometimes challenging, that's part of life. Things take effort. Good things, Hashem made it that way for a purpose. You work, you got the matzasataman, good hard work and good for good things bring beautiful things. So if a married person, for example, a married man has in his work a secretary, very good looking and mentally engages in a relationship with her, he'll forget all her flaws and neglect her deficits. That's the fantasy in his head. Same thing with a single woman analyzing and obsessing over a man she hardly talked her to, imagining what her life would be like with him. And um, and in reality, the, the, this person is an empty shell, nothing near what's in their mind or what this person's like. Housewife does the same thing very often. Fantasy and excitement in her romance lo- novels so that her own reality... Um, she escapes from, not to deal with it. Instead of taking pride in your actual life the way it is and making the most of that which is real. And so on and so forth. It is not easy sometimes for some people um, to fight this fantasy. Not just sexual fantasies, all types of dreams and escapism from reality. And Part of life's challenges is to accept reality, not to be overly cynical of it, realize there's a light in every single thing that Hashem made and we can bring it out. And like we said many times, and like we said in the past, even a mundane connection between a husband and wife can be very beautiful and very meaningful. And you you don't settle for fake things. You only... Settle for real, true things. Now, in a marriage itself, the sexual chemistry is not a fantasy. Not when it's together with your building of a true emotional connection. And when you're connected in a way where 
you're fully connected in all areas and aspects of your lives. But it's very important to know that in those situations, that's when the physical attraction is good and could be developed. And when you have physical attraction with emotional connection together, and you work on them both, that equals what what they call sexual chemistry, which is a healthy thing for marriages within marriage, and it's a very unhealthy thing outside of marriage. Now, the problem also is the other way around. You have two opposite issues when it comes to viewing the whole subject of sexual impulse, both for men and for women. For many, it's um, so out there and it's so, you know, um, bombarded with it. It's hard to realize that you need to use it in a responsible, healthy way. But then you have the reverse sometimes in very restrictive religious cultures. I don't mean just in the Jewish communities, but even in the ultra religious of the Christian communities, where because obviously you're supposed to move away from it completely in your non-married life until you become married, uh, there's a very hard time in shifting the thinking from seeing the concept of sex and sexual desires from the negative lens that you looked at it till now, and all of a sudden now that you're getting married, now all of a sudden it's good and holy and special. This shift does not come easy. And no one talks about it. And it's hopefully with many Hassan Kala teachers, they are talking about it in the right way. But when we're too quiet about it, it allows for false expectations to develop. And people try figuring it out on their own. And many, many couples struggle with the sex in their marriage and they don't have anywhere to turn because they have, it's, it's always overshadowed with a certain amount of guilt um, and wrongdoing even while they're being married, which is a very unhealthy thing. And what happens is, that's why we talked about why it's important to talk about it, especially in our dar. Is because when we don't, that means we're saying something. Because if we don't speak up about the sexual impulse and what it's there for and why, our silence allows automatically others to speak for us. And who's going to speak for us? The TV? The media? Hollywood? Movies? Who tell us that sex is only about pleasure, only about passion, or it's a tool of manipulation to get what you want in life. Or it's an anecdote only to make you feel good when you feel down. And our concept of sex becomes distorted by lust rather than love. Then we use it for casual encounters instead of true committed relationships. So if we don't speak up about it in a healthy way, our silence allows others to speak for us in an unhealthy way. And therefore, there needs to be a proactive approach in 
explaining the healthy aspects of it and the boundaries of how and when to use it, like the mushroom we gave very often about the fire in the fireplace, where it's guarded, but it's beautiful. It gives off warmth and light, but within a boundary of a warm home. And the issue also very much, again, this is when you're brought up in a certain cultures where there's a lot of shame and guilt connected to it. And it's very hard to shift from that. And when a Yid gets married, he needs to realize, or she needs to realize, that the sexual aspect of their relationship is a good thing. It's a gift. It's a matana. It's not something to be avoided. It's... You have to bring balance to it, yes, like we talked about. You have to be intimate with your wife in all various aspects, not just sex, but it is a vehicle. It's a gift to us, to married couples, to use the right way. And not to misuse it, and not to pervert it, but not to ignore it either. And that's a very important thing. And the shame, which normally busha, it's, it's an interesting thing. One of the three midas of, of a yid, of a Jew, is busha, a certain healthy degree of shame, baishanim and rachmanim goyim lechasadim. We need to have a certain amount of embarrassment of certain things and um, be modest about things. And when we have desires to be modest about it. But there is unhealthy busha also. As an example, nothing to do with this particular subject. But an example is, is when you're a Talmud in Yeshiva and you want to learn here and you're embarrassed to ask your Rebbe because, uh, let, you know, you're, you're, you're afraid that uh, your, your, your question, let's say, it, let's say it's not even your ego anymore. You just realize, you know, you, you don't look at a high view of yourself that what's your kasha worth? Your question is probably worthless. And you're embarrassed and you're shameful and you won't learn anything. Same thing applies to this. To Tabusha, Baishanim is one of the Midas. If you have too much Azas, too much Chutzpah, too much boldness, that's not healthy. But at the same time, this Busha could be go to an extreme where there's excessive shame where it shouldn't be there. And in a marriage, that excessive shame has to go, has to go away. You have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the sexual pleasure that you give one another or for holding hands and the Hanoah of a kiss and so on and so forth. It's a good thing. It's a matana. And he wants you to enjoy it to your fullest. And that is true. That's Emes Lamitoy. And there's nothing to talk about. It's clear as day. Now, of course, this doesn't mean, this implies that you're responsible. Of course you're responsible. You can keep everything according to the Gidre Halacha. In the Nida period, that's when the relationship takes a different, um, you know, a different tone. And there's Harchakis. And even in the Torah period, there's Lakoyal Zmanva Ace. There's a time for everything. And it has to be like the fire in the fireplace, like we talked about. Not the fire spread out all over the place where it could burn the house down. But the fire in the fireplace, yes, it's good. And it's healthy. 
So to just reiterate what we talked about, it's important to get rid of all unhealthy relationships, junk food relationships. Don't emotionally invest in things or people that are unhealthy for you. Remove yourself from the fantasy world. A marriage is not a fantasy, but that doesn't mean you need to be cynical. Real life has challenges, but there's a lot of beautiful parts to it too. And we need to know to balance life. That's part of a Yid's work, a human being's work for that matter, but certainly a Yid's work to balance all these seasons in life and all these aspects of life as well. And when it comes to the sexual aspect of it, to realize it is a part, an inherent important part of married life that is not exclusive if, if it's only, like we said, a hyper-focus on that, it could destroy a marriage. Of course, that's true. But under-focus or excess shame, excess embarrassment is also extremely unhealthy in married life. It needs to be celebrated like all other areas of married life need to be celebrated. Emotional connection, intellectual connection, spiritual connection, and physical connection are all one that you need them all, and that is something that every couple needs to know, and with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's help, they'll know how to utilize it with a simcha, with HaKadosh Baruch to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and to work with each other to develop all these connections, to have beautiful Shalom Bayez Be'ezes Hashem, Hatzlocha and Bracha.